Welcome back, everyone, uh, to another edition of the Bonus Features Podcast. I'm Ed, and with me today is uh, Matt. Hello. And also, we begged him to come back because others have begged us to have him come back. Pastor Dave. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, So... Boy, these podcasts, I think we're really hitting our stride. Yeah. Uh, we continue to hear surprisingly little feedback. Um, Does that mean no one's listening? Almost total silence on the feedback front. But we're assuming it's, if anything, technical difficulties. No, no feedback's good feedback. <laughs> so that, That's how I run my marriage. So. Yeah. As always, we've got Caitlin back there in the booth. She's given me the... Okay, yeah, she's giving me the thumbs up, so she says we're good to go. We are recording. Uh, they are going out. Okay, yeah. Do we have any callers? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, so on Sunday we talked about uh, the power of our words as we kept going through James and uh, looking at uh, James chapter three, where he talks about the power of the tongue. Matt, what is the most foolish thing you've ever said? Oh man, you better make me narrow this down. Um, there's, there's a lot. I, I, I would say though, if I've, I, I go to my marriage, obviously, cause those are probably the best and funniest examples. Uh, I would say the time, like if I really want to get under my wife's skin, I tell her she's acting like her father. And, um, and so the time that I actually referred to her by her father's name was probably the most foolish thing I've ever said. So that didn't go over well. I'm guessing he doesn't listen to this no. podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, we, we both we both do it with both of our parents. We we have we have things that we see in ourselves from our parents that we don't necessarily like, and yeah, and so we, we just it's kind of a shorthand version of saying you're doing this thing. You just say, "Okay, Paul," and mm. she got the message, and she didn't take it well. <laughs> so. Pastor, it's okay. We're 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 on we're on speaking terms again. Pastor Dave, have you ever said anything that you've regretted or that was foolish? Oh yes. No, um, and I probably do it most often also with Claudia. I I say foolish things from time to time and wish I could take them back and and fix it. Um, it's hard to do. I um. I, I like that it's enough for Dave to just say. Yes, oh, yes, I do that. And we're like, okay, we don't need examples. Yeah. Don't don't ruin the mystique. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Dave's the last person alive giving me hope in humanity. And I'm not going to let it go. How do you talk about something like taming the tongue in, in an age when we're doing less and less actual talking and more writing to each other? I think that's a benefit to using discretion because when you're composing something in a written fashion, you can more easily edit it. You can't take your words back, but you really can when you're writing. You can take those words back and reframe them or rephrase them. So that uh, the digital age is a benefit in that in that regard. Yeah, I mean, so this is uncomfortable. This might be the first time I disagree with Dave. Um, I, I think in theory it is a benefit, and yet I, th- I think the way it tends to work itself out, it, it ends up being a detriment. Um, I, I think with the way that we see, um, you know, even with, you know, you think of email and how easy it is to write an email, put it away. We, you know, people seem to just 
fire emails off that say things uh, in ways that are, are hurtful, mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the tough things with uh, written forms of communication is, you know, people throw around numbers all the time, but something like, you know, 80%, 90%, whatever of communication is nonverbal. So written forms of communication take Matt, Matt, most of Matt's communication is just looks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, just, he gives yeah. you a raise of the eyebrow and you know, all I, everything that means. I, I daggers. Um, <laughs> stink. Um, so, so I, I think that I, I think then when you go to the social media route, it seems like people seemingly put no thought behind, um, things that they say, what they post, what they share, um, that, um, run, really counterintuitive to you know who they are who you know they are in person but also uh what they can claim to be especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to being a follower of jesus so i i i think that there is a theoretical benefit to a social media age and yet i see um more detriments to us you know being discreet um measuring our our words and and discerning these things I, i think because too we take out both on our end of communicating, but also in the reception. And we don't see what our words, how they're received and what they do. And so we feel like we're just throwing words out there and they really have no effect on anyone. And so we're really taking away half of the communication because it's all about what we want to say and not about how it's received by the listener. Hmm. Yeah. We don't see the consequences ever. Yeah. Um, Keyboard courage. As it's called. Yeah, it seems like um, you do wonder if it's a bit of a wash because it's hard to believe that you can share, post, write, send something without giving it any thought because you obviously have to give it some, but uh, you also just are going to send it off into the, the mystery of the of the internet or you're going to send the email to somebody and just not have to worry about sitting in front of them when they read it. And so... Uh, it, it seems like they could be sort of the extra time that we're given. We could be, you know, uh, it, losing the advantage that gives us by just saying, well, they're not in front of me so I can write whatever I want. Yeah. It's almost like because of the digital age, the, the, the part in how James is talking to teachers almost gets applied to everybody now because you are able to talk to wider groups of people. Um, you aren't going to necessarily, because you see the reaction of what you say to someone in a one-on-one conversation when you're in a, you know, classroom setting or a big group setting, you say stuff, you're not able to gauge everyone's individual reaction. So Saint James is saying, you're going to have to discern yourself. You're going to have to check yourself. And so even maybe, I hadn't thought of this before, but maybe what he's saying to teachers applies to even more people now because of what the digital age has brought in with our ability to mass communicate to people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they teach leaders is when you have something difficult to communicate, generally it's better to communicate it face-to-face rather than in writing because the the written record gives a permanence to it that sometimes is not helpful when Mm -hmm. you want to get past that hard thing Mm -hmm. Um, so that and you lose the in written form you don't get the the non-verbals that you can get in in uh, Mm -hmm. face-to-face communication so there's there are both upsides and downsides to written communication and to verbal communication. Ellie and I were just talking this last week about how 
we assume that face-to-face -face communication is always the best, but sometimes we will send each other emails. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, we'll have had like a, a um, I don't know if I, we'll say disagreement. We'll say a, a slight disagreement. That's about as far as it's ever gotten for us. We'll have a slight disagreement. And uh, and then, you know, we, we won't talk about it for a little while. And then, you know, I'll get an email from Ellie and, and, and she'll say, you know, these are, this is what I've been thinking and how I've been feeling. And uh, it's easier for me to articulate it. In well, sitting right next to each other right well we're sitting right next to each other yeah <laughs> i was joking that maybe just for our podcast i would just read off my news feed <laughs> because i read some shocking stuff on there and um I, I i will say the one the one that i was mentioning i was sitting next to matt and i was uh checking facebook on my phone uh this was during a a 15 minute break from my my work day is i want to be clear about that break right Matt, I don't know, Matt. Okay. You can't make that joke. <laughs> Tame your tongue. <laughs> I, I have you editing for that. <laughs> it was during an allotted 15-minute break, um, and uh, and I was checking Facebook, and I saw this Facebook post that somebody had shared. And it the gist of it was basically, it, it had to do with Iran, and it had to do with us, I think, assassinating their number three, yeah. right? Is that about right? Like a general or something? And I think it was something to the tune of... Um, we assassinated your number three. Here, you can have ours. Her name is Nancy Pelosi. And I read this, and I, I'm so used to reading things that are kind of political and sort of, you know, inflammatory on things like social media. I, I almost blew I passed it. And then I, I, I thought about it again. I was like, wait, that is that is a terrible, terrible thing to say. That is, that is saying we, uh, we, we offer up to you this human being in our country's leadership ha 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 you know and i think the person shared it and they just wrote amen which somehow made it even worse you know uh yes, but i saw several people share that photo yeah we've been talking about this on the denominational level because um randy our superintendent um he uh he wrote a blog post to the pastors uh a few weeks ago where he talked about the idea of social media the issue of that and pastors and uh, it made us realize that we have policies for a lot of different things. You know, you have policies for, you know, when your doors open, when your doors closed, what your office hours are, you know, how certain things that you'll do, you know, uh, with with technology and stuff like that. But what we tend to not think about is like, what, is there a policy for um, how we're going to conduct ourselves online? Um on social media because that's become such a part of our life. And, um, and one of the points that he made in his, in his post, I really agree with. And I say, when I look at myself, I realize this is really true. And this is something that I could do was we're at the point now where we've had social media for long enough that I think we should begin taking more responsibility for how the things that we write, um, and the way we represent ourselves, uh, makes other people feel and the and even the the um the assumptions they come to about us maybe um because up until now i feel like it's been too easy for us to say oh it, i can't control how people see me i can't control how they react and i can't control what they think but yeah. uh, but the truth is when i'm honest and i look at a lot of stuff i go i i knew i had this little thing and i had this little thing in the back of my mind that said oh you think it might get this or people might say that or somebody might get upset about this thing and i think that that's an indication that um, I am doing something that, you know, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's all too easy to abdicate responsibility for our actions on something like the internet and say, it's not my fault how it makes other people feel. Um, when in reality, we're choosing to live in an echo chamber mm -hmm. and, uh, we like pretending like everybody agrees with us, but we know they don't. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and in any position of leadership, um, if you're if you're listening to the podcast and you're in any kind of a position of leadership at all, if you're a teacher, if you have um, people that work under you in your, in your job, um, you probably feel this burden and um, in a very practical way. You just know what I what I post, what I write, what I say is going to reflect, you know, on me in that way. Sometimes in a moment of passion, you will write something that, that is an expression of your passion, and you have this, this little nagging doubt in the back of your mind, well, this might not come across quite the way I intend, but I'm going to send it, by golly, and you send it, and then you regret it. Um, when, it when it's something like that, if you get that still small voice that gives you reason to hesitate, then do hesitate. Um, in fact, if it's, if it's a uh, if it's a difficult communication in any way, often it's better to s- sleep on it overnight. Read it again the next day and then decide. A lot of times people, when they do that, they'll decide, you know, this was therapeutic for me to write it out, but I really shouldn't send it. Yeah. It will do more damage than good. It's the only reason I'm married. <laughs> Dave, I, I find that your advice is very frustrating to listen to and um, <laughs> and because I I don't want to do it. Uh, but I know that it's right. So while I appreciate it, uh, it makes me unhappy. <laughs> uh, and I just want to express that to you in person, face to face. I should have slept on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is a good general rule of thumb. And I think when it comes to the power of your words, not th- there's, there's, a, there's a value to James not giving really specific advice. And that's because there are some people who need to be encouraged to use their words and maybe they mm-hmm. need to know that their words have power and their words are powerful and that they should articulate things. And a lot of times for people who have a hard time articulating things, they do need to write them out. They do need to, to do that. And, and we've been focusing on the, the problem of poor communication, but, but there's also in, in James the potential of encouraging communication, that words have power to heal as well as harm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, when, I, when I was growing up, I remember my family went to see the movie Bambi. And it was at a time when, uh, as kids, um, I was not always treating my sisters very well. And we came to quote in our home the, the theme from, or a theme from Thumper, who said, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. And that became a theme for my growing up years. I was not saying things nice sometimes, so I learned to say less. Mm. And that's part, uh, part of, Bambi had an influence on me. That's why partly I'm shy by nature, but partly that theme uh, carried with me, I think, a little too long. Mm. And I lost the opportunity to use the power of words to heal and help and encourage. That's where my friend Brent is so good mm. and was a good influence in my life. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting. We've been talking about how quick we can be to say things that are destructive. And the flip side of this is how slow we are when we feel like we should say things that are encouraging. How we're like, oh, yeah, I've been needing to write a letter to that person. I've, 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 th- I've been thinking for a while that I need to tell them how much I appreciate them about this, about the certain thing that they've been doing or, or, or say, you know, words of encouragement to them. Um, and... and I, Going back to what James said before about um, slow to speak, quick to listen, how we need to flip the, our normal way of operating 
Um, I think here too, he's saying, you know, you need to flip the normal way. You're, you're, you're quick to say the things that will divide. You're slow to say the things that will unite and, and build people up. And it needs to be the opposite of that. I got a letter this past week from um, Pastor Tom himself, Tom Hurt, um, Pastor Emeritus, um, the Pastor of Coaching. Uh, <laughs> say his name in hush whispers. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Tom is the former uh, senior pastor of the church, and um, he uh, he and I have a great relationship. I, I really love the relationship that we have, um, and he has been the most encouraging guy, um, period, uh, for me. Um, that includes the two of you. No, just kidding. Um, Dave's very encouraging. Um, and he uh, he wrote me a letter, and I got it um, on Monday. I saw it in my box, and I and I and I get it. And he had been at church the the Sunday before, the day before, and it's like this two page letter. And I saw it, and um, I was like, oh, a letter from Tom. I like never get letters or things from Tom. Um, and I could tell pretty like I just skimmed the very beginning of the letter, and I could tell that it was advice. And um, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Tom doesn't really try to give, he doesn't really give unsolicited advice to me. Um, and my, and, and I'll be honest, like my initial thought as I started reading the letter, um, I was driving in the car uh, with Matt, pretty much um, I'm always with Matt. Um, and um, I was driving in the car because I didn't want the time in the car to count as a break. So I figured if I read the letter from Tom, no. um, so I was driving in the car and I'm reading it to myself. And as I'm reading it, I'm going, Matt, he's sandwiching me. He's sandwiching me. And if you're unaware of sandwich, um, well, there's probably two kinds of sandwiches um, that, that I could be referring to. One, if like Tom and Roberta gave me a hug and I'm just in the middle. That's great. That's a great sandwich. Um, but a, a bad one is uh, if you have to give someone bad news, sandwich them. Say something really encouraging and nice, then break the bad news, then close with something, again, encouraging and nice. Um, Dave, are you familiar with this? No. I, You're I, not. I, I'm not familiar with sandwiching using used in that way in that way yeah you you were aware of the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay um dave dave has a new puppy so there's a lot of like putting ollie in <laughs> the middle sandwiching a lot of sandwiching in the house dave has been the meat oh man so anyway so i go i go mad he's he's sandwiching me he's being so nice he's saying and he was he was just saying you know uh <laughs> it's funny matt mentioned in his sermon last week about how quick we are to say that we'll pray for someone and then we don't the week has been filled with people qualifying that statement now with like, mm -hmm. and no, no, no. And I mean, I really mean it. I am. I, I, I do pray. I'm going to pray for you. I, yeah. I promise I'm not one of those people. Um, and Tom said, he said, uh, you know, uh, Roberta and I pray for you. Uh, and to be, and to be clear, what that means, he says is, is five or six days a week. So mm -hmm. he couldn't say seven. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Uh, but he had to qualify. Yeah. Um, and, and then he, he was just being very encouraging about, um, about my leadership of the church and how, how great they felt about, about the church and feeling free to like, like kind of leave it in my hands, so to speak. And he, um, and I was like, Oh bad. He's, he's setting me up for something. This is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. Um, and then I'm also thinking to myself, you know, uh, you know, Tom doesn't give me a lot of unsolicited advice. I, I, you know, I mean, I'd be kind of surprised if it's something that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll totally take the advice of uh, the person who, who was in this position before, you know, who Tom and I are very, very different. We're like so, so different. Um, and uh, I mean, I have so much hair amen on my head. That. Just yeah. a, just a beautiful <laughs> hair. Amen to that. <laughs> Um, Tom's up. Tom, people like Tom, yeah, and people Dave, don't. <laughs> Dave's like, let me count the ways. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are 
Why, why is Dave crying right now? <laughs> why does Dave keep looking off in the uh, distance? <laughs> this feeling. If you don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's thinking. <laughs> if you don't have it. Uh, okay, this is the longest story ever because I'm counting my words. So I read this letter and I get to where Tom was just giving me some advice. And basically he really, he said he kind of, he kind of woke up and was feeling prompted to tell me this. And, and, and I read it and I go, Oh, Matt. Oh, I said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to take every I'm going to do every single thing that he's saying to do in this letter because, because two, two reasons. One, uh, he, everything that he said to me was stuff that I think God had already been sort of sort of pushing me in that direction. Mm -hmm. And it was like, man, I think God really is, you know, using this, uh, using Tom to, to, to show me this as well. But the other thing was, you know, he was so careful and cautious in how he presented this thing that he thought God wanted him to to present to me. He was so supportive and encouraging. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's the fact that it feels almost like because Tom hasn't been, uh, so, um, you know, sort of this constant stream of advice, uh, it meant so much more. Mm-hmm. Like I took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And it was because of that that I read it and I was like, I'm, I'm absolutely going to heed this advice. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't say that because, oh, I'm so good at, you know, at being teachable about those kinds of things. It really was the way it was presented. Mm-hmm. And it was such an impossibly difficult situation, you think. You go, how could that could go wrong in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know? Well, the whole, the whole tone of the letter was out of love for you. And it, it was him encouraging you, cheering you on. Um, and so you know that it's coming out of a place that not, hey, I want to tell you because I know better or I've been there and done it. Let me tell you what I did. But just simply, I love you, feel like God's laid this on my heart for you, and so because of that, I want to encourage you. And mm-hmm. when it comes in that way, I mean, that's to me what discerning is, is that, you know, a message of love, but also how to give it, and, and he gave it in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that being said, I'm going to take his advice. Dave, you're not allowed to retire. <laughs> <sighs> okay, there don't we go. Let, don't let that man go. <laughs> Dave has tenure, research professor <laughs> of ancient choir music. Um, <laughs> Sort of one last question for you, Pastor Dave, specifically. Uh, how do you see worship playing? Like, what is the value of worship in this idea of the power of our words that are spoken? Much of our worship has words to it. Um, we sing songs that are filled with words, and they're beautiful words, carefully uh, crafted to communicate a message and to do it in a way that has beauty and um, that we can do together to offer God praise and honor that that to me is is, is a beautiful expression of use of words using them in worship whether through singing or by reading the word or by praying those are all word wordy things that we do in worship um, where the words we use have great power and impact both for God and on each other. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again to uh, our, my guests today, uh, Pastors Dave and Pastor Matt. Thank you guys for sharing this one small chair in my office. Um, <laughs> yeah, this got warm. <laughs> 
And um, as always, I want to thank Caitlin, the engineer who has been there in the booth. Um, she appears to have nodded off or possibly is unconscious. Uh, <laughs> I think we lost her about track two. <laughs> yeah, nope, no. Oh, there she is. Hey, Caitlin. Okay, she's back, everybody. She's back. She was... Uh, she was sleeping. Um, thanks, Caitlin, for, uh, as always, uh, turning the dials and flipping the switches. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Kumbaya 1994, the North American Camping Congress, uh, which uh, uh, is a convention that really, I, I, I'm going to say probably peaked peaked in 94 I, I i feel like the kumbaya movement had its time in the, the mid 90s the yeah. fact that they're still calling it kumbaya 1994 <laughs> yeah. you know is an indication yeah. but uh but if you're interested in church camping and you'd like to know more about that please contact them on their um myspace page uh, <laughs> their speciality is campfire songs kumbaya 1994 at hotmail.org um <laughs> All right, so until next time, shalom. I would say the most foolish thing I've ever said is uh, to my roommate in college, let's go see Corky Romano. <laughs> <laughs> The Chris Kattan movie. And then my roommate said, no, that looks so dumb. And then I said, okay, how about this? If you hate it, I'll pay for your ticket. Oh, <laughs> Tell me the logic in that. Just like the light of a new day, it hit me from out.